Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice with a news bonus, the third one recently about facial recognition. Now we've done a couple of recent features about facial recognition. One was a, an answer on Ask Dave about surveillance and what we can do generally as people to counter surveillance technologies that maybe we're uneasy with. The second one was about the San Francisco Board of Supervisors passing uh, their own law for the city, prohibiting their police and government agencies from using facial recognition. Well, here is something else we discovered, and I give all credit here to my ace producer, Josh Rollerson, who sent me this. Uh, it's a video from the BBC. Uh, we'll put a link to the full video up on our website, but we got to tell you about this. This is just amazing. What you will see in this video is a demonstration of what can happen when surveillance technology really begins to bite. Uh, the UK has for years been well ahead of the United States in terms of its deployment of surveillance technology, especially, though not only, cameras. There are cameras everywhere across the whole country. The city area of London, the financial district, uh, supposedly has the, the greatest number of cameras concentrated in any land area uh, anywhere in the world. Um, well, facial recognition technology has really taken root there. The police are taking it very seriously. They're using it a lot. And this video captured what happened when the police, uh, out in uh, uh, broad daylight, had a mobile unit uh, posed on a street. It said uh, facial recognition uh, software or technology in use. And a man walked by this uh, mobile setup and covered his face. Uh, he didn't want his face to be uh, uh, processed through facial recognition technology, facial recognition software. So here's a little bit of the audio from that video. Uh, check it out. Take a listen and you'll hear a description and a little bit of the argument that followed. Here you go. Cameras in an East London street. Everyone gets scanned. If you refuse, here's what can happen. This man didn't want to be caught by the police cameras, so he covered his face. Police stopped him, they photographed him anyway, an argument followed. What's your suspicion? The, the fact that he walked past clearly I would do the same. Now, so you get the picture. Uh, just from the audio, and I really would tell you, go look at the video. We're posting the link up on our website. What you have here is a, a, a person who is walking by on a sidewalk, minding his own business, and sees the signs on the mobile police vehicle that says uh, facial recognition in use and covers part of his face. He doesn't want to be part of that database. And what do the police do? They stop him force him to bear his face and take his picture anyway. And, you know, this in a certain respect, uh, I wondered when I saw this, is this the future? Is this the future? I try not to be an alarmist here, but I do advise that we think about what kind of a future we want.
All right? Facial recognition software is a fact. It is not a perfected technology. There are many things that we still need to learn about it, and we definitely should be regulating it if we're not banning it like San Francisco uh, has done. But are we looking at a future like this at some point where we as citizens would not be allowed to be in public with our faces covered, not wanting to be surveilled, where we could not cover our faces? My first reaction was, well, the UK does not have a constitution like we do. We could not be forced to bear our faces in public for benefit of government facial recognition software. But maybe I'm being too hasty in coming to that warm and fuzzy conclusion that we are safe from something like this. I was in a conversation this morning with uh, my friend and colleague Kevin Gavin at WESA, Pittsburgh's uh, flagship uh, public radio station. I was in to do a segment for him on his show, The Confluence, and we got to talking about facial recognition uh, once again on his show. Uh, But more than that, afterwards, we were just kind of thinking back and forth, and Kevin reminded me that when Pittsburgh hosted the G20 Summit that was back in September of 2009. It's a subject of great controversy here in Pittsburgh still. Ten years later, um, uh, there was heavy, heavy police presence. Big pieces of downtown were effectively just shut off. You couldn't get in or out without proper permission and screening and everything else. My kid was one of the the high school kids uh, from the art school here in town who played for the first ladies, uh, and he had to be screened. I mean, it was really tight. And Kevin reminded me that in the run-up to that event, the city passed anti-mask laws, uh, laws that said you could not uh, cover your face, you couldn't wear hats that would uh, disguise you, things like that. Uh, And of course, our American Civil Liberties Union branch here um, you know, practically had a stroke. They're not going to allow that. They challenged those rules. Um, There's a lot to think about, but you know, this facial recognition technology Uh, If it is deployed without regulation and we simply assume that all of us must submit uh, rather than thinking about what kind of society we want, do we want to be able to walk around without being identified and tracked, walk around in public? I mean, this thing from the BBC uh, was really pretty chilling. I think you should take a look at it, think about it. Um, facial recognition isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Like I said, we'll have a link to the full video up on our website. That's it. A little thought provocation for you here on criminal injustice about facial recognition. You can always see all of our features, uh, that is news features and news bonuses, up on our website. We post a new one of those every other Tuesday with the most interesting folks doing things in the criminal justice system. I'm David Harrison. And I will be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. Interviews are recorded at the studios of WESA in Pittsburgh. For more information, links, and past episodes, visit criminalinjusticepodcast.com.